Hello. Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin online worship service, where we gather virtually and in spirit each week on Facebook Premiere on Sundays at 10.45 a.m. during this time that we can't gather together in person. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, Minister for Program Development at the Church. If you're new to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, I send you a warm welcome. If you're in the Austin area, I will hope to get to meet you in person soon. If you're viewing from other areas, feel free to say hello in the Facebook comments and let us know where you're viewing the service from. Unitarian Universalists come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. Let us connect those divine sparks now, either by posting a greeting to one another in the Facebook comments or simply by sensing the heartstring connections that exist between us. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. On the Path of Compassion, Steve Garnas Holmes. Begin with gratitude for all you've received, that you see and that you do not see. Let your gratitude grow into trust that you are included in a great wonder and entrust yourself to the grace you are given. Let your trust blossom into compassion for all those who are also part of this oneness, who have been excluded, used, or targeted. Let your compassion flourish into solidarity, knowing you are one with those who suffer and that their wholeness is part of yours. Let your solidarity bear fruit in justice, working for freedom and fullness of life for all, against all evil and oppression. And when you are the most challenged by the forces of injustice, most weary and discouraged, return to gratitude that you are guided, accompanied, empowered, and saved, and entrust yourself to undying love.
One of the things that helps keep us bound together as a religious community, even when we can't be physically together, is to have a common purpose. For First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, that common purpose is our mission. We put it on the wall in our sanctuary, and we say it together every Sunday. Let's say our mission together now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. If you want to know more about what we mean by beloved community, you can visit thekingcenter.org. And each week, to help especially those who of us who identify as white deepen our understanding of beloved community and the challenges we face in helping to build it, we have been taking a moment to consider how differently people who endure oppression may experience the world. Recently, student-athletes at the University of Texas of Austin have made a list of anti-racist demands they want from the school. One is the replacement of the school spirit song, The Eyes of Texas, which originated in minstrel shows. These were shows in which white people would wear blackface makeup and make fun of African-American people. We're considering offering an adult religious education class on this. In the meantime, let's all think about how a song with those origins might feel to us if we had been the people being belittled. Good morning and happy Father's Day. Today we're celebrating fathers and grandfathers and all the people who take care of us and teach us how to love ourselves. The author of today's story is on one of my most favorite TV shows. It's called Queer Eye. And on this show, he always helps people learn to love themselves just exactly as they are. And he wrote this book with his son. I hope you enjoy it. I am perfectly designed by Karamo Brown and Jason Rachel Brown, illustrated by Anusha Syed. For other fans of Queer Eye, here is the rest of the Fab Five. First there was you, Dad. Then there was me. And now there is us. That's right. Now there is us. When you first saw me, you said, he is perfectly designed from his head to his toes. And I meant every word. Still do. When I was a baby, I looked just like you. Only I had no hair and you had lots. Now it's the opposite. So true. The first thing I remember is being carried on your shoulders while you walked me all over the city. Remember that? I had such a big baby head. Indeed, but your big baby head was perfectly designed for you. When I was real little, I thought you could touch the moon. Remember that? We'd sit on the roof and reach for it. One day you'll be big enough to reach it yourself, but until then, it's perfectly fine to ask for help. Remember when we went as syrup and waffles for Halloween, Dad? <laughs> I do, I do. That was awesome. I wonder what we'll be this year. When I run in the park, jump in the park, climb trees in the park, and pretend I'm a statue in the park, you remind me I am perfectly designed to explore the world. You are, and you always will be. Sometimes, Dad, when I get mad, or sad, or confused, you wrap me in your arms. I like that. 
Me too. And I remind you that you are perfectly designed and wonderful, no matter what you're feeling. Dad, when I grow up and leave home, will you miss me? Yes, very much. Will you go into my room and play with my race cars and stuffed animals? <laughs> you know I will. Will you sit on the fire escape and feed the pigeons like we do in the summer? The pigeons and the sparrows. Will you remember our favorite moves? I will, and I'll invent some new ones, too. Dad, will you always think of me? Always. You know what, Dad? What? I will always remember walking through the city and sitting on your shoulders. And maybe when you're older and I'm taller, I can carry you on mine. Because we are perfectly designed for each other. That's right. The end. Our reading today comes to us from Naomi Shihab Nye from her writing, Wandering Around an Albuquerque Airport Terminal. After learning my flight was detained four hours, I heard the announcement, If anyone in the vicinity of Gate 4A understands any Arabic, please come to the gate immediately. Well, one pauses these days. Gate 4A was my own gate. I went there. An older woman in full traditional Palestinian dress, just like my grandma wore, was crumpled to the floor, wailing loudly. Help, said the flight service person. Talk to her. What is her problem? We told her the flight was going to be four hours late, and she did this. I put my arm around her and spoke to her haltingly. Shubdawa, shubiduk, habibti, stani, stani, shwe, min fadlik, shubitsewi. The moment she heard any word she knew, however poorly used, she stopped crying. She thought our flight had been canceled entirely. She needed to be in El Paso for some major medical treatment the following day. And I said, no, no, we're fine. You'll get there. Just late. Who is picking you up? Let's call him and tell him. We called her son and I spoke to him in English. I told him I would stay with his mother till we got on the plane and would ride next to her. Southwest. She talked to him. Then we called her other sons just for the fun of it. Then we called my dad, and he and she spoke for a while in Arabic and found out, of course, they had ten shared friends. Then I thought, just for the heck of it, why not call some Palestinian poets I know and let them chat with her? This all took up about two hours. She was laughing a lot by then, telling about her life, answering questions... She had pulled a sack of homemade mamul cookies, these little powdered, sugary, crumbly mounds stuffed with dates and nuts, out of her bag and was offering them to all the women at the gate. To my amazement, not a single woman declined one. It was like a sacrament. The traveler from Argentina, the traveler from California, the lovely woman from Laredo, we were all covered with the same powdered sugar and smiling. There are no better cookies.
And then the airline broke out the free beverages from huge coolers, non-alcoholic. And the two little girls for our flight, one African-American, one Mexican-American, ran around serving us all apple juice and lemonade. And they were covered with powdered sugar, too. And I noticed that my new best friend, by now we were holding hands, had a potted plant poking out of her bag, some medicinal thing with green furry leaves. Such an old country traveling tradition, always carry a plant. Always stay rooted to somewhere. And I looked around the gate of late and weary ones and thought, this is the world I want to live in the shared world. Not a single person in this gate, once the crying of confusion stopped, has seemed apprehensive about any other person. They took the cookies. I wanted to hug all those other women too. This can still happen anywhere. Not everything is lost. I'd like to invite you to join me in a meditation on loving kindness. I invite you to center yourself in your breathing. Breathe in and out, in and out. And now still centering in your breathing, I invite you to bring into your awareness an image of yourself. Perhaps it is your whole self, or maybe it is a part of you that has been hurt or that needs healing. Breathing in and breathing out, hold yourself in your awareness and send yourself this wish. May I be well. May I experience loving kindness. May I be free from suffering. May I know joy and pure love. Breathing in and breathing out, I now invite you to bring to mind someone whom you love. Could be a spouse, partner, child, parent, other family member, a friend, or other loved one. And as you hold them in your thoughts, join me in sending them this wish. May you be well. May you experience loving kindness. May you be free from suffering. May you know joy and pure love. Continuing your breathing now, I invite you to bring to mind someone you may feel more neutral about. Maybe a coworker or a neighbor you haven't gotten to know very well. Bringing them to mind, send them this wish. May you be well. May you experience loving kindness. May you be free from suffering. May you know joy and pure love. Finally, 
I invite you to bring to mind someone with whom you have difficulty. Perhaps you're having a conflict or you feel a need to forgive. I invite you to visualize this person and breathing in and out, send them this wish. May you be well. May you experience loving kindness. May you be free from suffering. May you know joy and pure love. We'll have a few moments of music during which I invite you to continue to meditate or to light a candle representing your joys, sorrows, remembrances, hopes. One of the requirements I had to meet in order to become a Unitarian Universalist minister was to spend three months serving as a student chaplain while engaging in a training program called clinical pastoral education. I did my student chaplaincy at Brackenridge Hospital, which was the former public hospital and trauma center here in Austin. It's been torn down and replaced since then. One morning, I arrived at 8 a.m. for my shift and was immediately called to be with a woman and some of her family members. I'm going to change some of the details to protect their privacy. She had had a terrible car accident. The car had flipped over several times. Her 21-year-old son and his fiancée were in the back seat, and both of them had died after being brought to the hospital after the accident. There wasn't really a whole lot I could do except be with them, listen to them as they expressed their heartbreak, their sorrow. After a couple of hours, they gathered themselves to leave the hospital 
As I was walking them out, the mom turned to me and said, at least they both went together. At least they got to find out what it feels like to fall in love. She asked for a hug, and then we said our goodbyes. I went to the little office in the hospital that they provided for the student chaplains, and I called my spouse, Wayne. I said, I need you to stay on the phone with me while I cry. And he did. And that must have been so hard for him because there wasn't really any conversation. It was just me sobbing and him occasionally saying, I'm here. I'm still with you. I tell you that difficult story because we are all living through a difficult time, a time that calls us to compassion toward ourselves and toward other people. Compassion like the gift Wayne gave to me that day. First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin has embraced five religious values out of which the mission we read together earlier arose. Transcendence, community, compassion, courage, and transformation. In our value statement, we define compassion as to treat ourselves and others with love. That's lovely language. In fact, I think I was involved in writing it. But I also wanted to start with this difficult story because sometimes I think we can get a little flowery, a little Hallmark card about compassion. The thing is, true compassion can be hard. It requires action. It takes a lot of work sometimes. Now, we seem to have an inherent capacity for compassion, and that would make sense because trying to help each other through difficult times and suffering would have been an evolutionary advantage. But we also have to know that as Joan Halifax, Zen Buddhist teacher, author, and civil rights activist outlines, we also have traits that we have to work past because they are the enemies of our compassion. One of them is pity. There is an element of inequality, of feeling sorry for and looking down on others in pity that can keep us from joining them in compassionate action. Pity and compassion are not only not the same, pity stifles true compassion. Another is fear. Fear shuts down our ability to empathize and take action regarding the suffering of other people. (laughs) And then there's self-righteousness. Again, there's an inequality, a judgmentalism with righteousness that prevents us from engaging with compassion. And for those of us who grew up in a white, Protestant, Euro-Scandinavian culture, we also have to recognize that niceness and acting with compassion are not the same thing. In fact, projecting niceness can often be a way of denying systems of racism and oppression and thereby 
actually maintaining them. Finally, one of the enemies of our compassion can be when we let our disagreement with other folks and their actions block that compassion. This one can be extremely difficult for me. But for instance, we can stay connected and engaged with family and loved ones with whom we disagree politically, and at least for me, who express explicitly harmful racist or anti-trans sentiments, for example. I recently had to have a difficult conversation with someone I love about how the fact that someone did something wrong doesn't make it okay for the police to kill them. The police are not supposed to be the judge and the jury also. As Lutheran minister and author Nadia Boltz Weber put it, I believe that having compassion for others is not the same as saying the harm that they cause is okay. Empathy is not exoneration. So... Those are some of the ways our compassion can get blocked. But then we have to ask ourselves, how do we cultivate our compassion? How do we expand it? Well, I think we start by directing it toward ourselves. In this difficult time especially, I think we have to give ourselves a lot of forgiveness and even maybe admiration. One study I read about just had folks spend one hour listing out all for which they were responsible and everyone who depended upon them for one thing or another. At the end of the hour, almost universally, people said some version of, wow, I'm actually pretty awesome. Practicing Meta meditation, like the loving-kindness meditation we did together earlier, also actually does increase our compassion in our daily lives in general. And another study found that making a conscious effort to be aware of and engage with other people that we might not always be likely to can cultivate compassion also. The study found that just being intentional about noticing and engaging with, for instance, the cashier at the supermarket, raised people's levels of compassion. And several studies have found that valuing our differences while also trying to find commonalities inspires our compassion. One study paired people of different races together and had them clap their hands to a song. However, one of the two people in the pairs was not actually a research subject, but a plant by the researchers. In half the pairs, the researchers' plant clapped in unison with the actual subject, but in the other half of the pairs, they clapped on the opposite beat. Afterwards, the researchers' plants pretended to trip and fall and need help, the subjects who had been in pairs where they clapped in unison were much more quick to offer help and sustain that help for a longer time period. Just that small amount of finding something in common made a difference. I want to close by talking about how we can extend compassion to each other within this church during this time we can't be physically together. I know a lot of folks are tuning in to these Sunday online services. 
A lot of folks are participating in online ministry team meetings, small group discussions, religious education programs, and many of our other virtual gatherings. And all of that, all of that is so great. I think another way, though, that we can stay connected, another way we can offer compassion to each other, is simply to reach out to each other from time to time. We can provide you with a church directory if needed. Whether it's a phone call, a text message, an email, a Facebook comment or message, or some other virtual way of reaching out, even perhaps a visit outside from six feet or more apart, reach out to each other. (laughs) Contact a church member or participant that you don't even really know very well. Touch base with one another. And as Wayne did for me on that sorrowful day, let each other know, I'm here. I'm still with you. Let there now be an offering to support this church and help keep it going through these challenging times. If you scroll upward on Facebook or go to austinuu.org, you'll see an online giving link, which will take you to our secure online contributions page. Under the Select a Fund drop-down box, please select Plate Contributions, unless you're wanting to contribute to your 2020 pledge, and in that case, you can choose 2020 pledge. You can also mail contributions to the church at 4700 Grover Avenue, 78756. We are gratefully checking the mail several times each week. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Our benediction is words from Thich Nhat Hanh. In a time of anger or despair, even if we feel overwhelmed, our love is still there. Our capacity to communicate, to forgive, to be compassionate is still there. You have to believe this. We are more than our anger. We are more than our suffering. We must recognize that we do have within us the capacity to love, to understand, to be compassionate, always. I wish you much love and great peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org